Well, maybe that's what we were talking about earlier. You know, the, the less you think about something, the more the, the more you don't get in its way. Greetings, folks. My name is Michael Averill, and this is the Write Songs You Love podcast. This is episode two of four of the Blockbuster series that I started a few weeks ago with Sierra Baird being the first one up. Today, we're visiting Kate Battersby from Australia. All right. Welcome, everyone. We're on uh, another awesome episode of Write Songs You Love podcast, and I'm super excited today. I've uh, A while ago, I started a series which I called the, the Blockbuster series. I don't actually think I told anybody that, but I named the first episode <laughs> the Blockbuster number one because... I guess this would have been in July. I put out a post on Facebook just asking to see of the songwriters out there who who hadn't written anything for for quite a while and who who potentially might be interested in in coming coming on on the podcast here just to to talk about the idea because I've, I've really enjoyed discussions about writer's block and creativity and whether or not people believe it <laughs> if that's actually a thing. Uh, so on and so forth. So, so it was really fun to to connect with everybody who responded. And lucky for me, one of the ones that responded was the amazing Kate Battersby, <laughs> all the way from Australia. <laughs> so, so I got to meet Kate through. I think I've ref- referenced this before, but through a program that I was involved with with an organization called Catch the Moon that was all about music licensing and writing music for film and TV and all the things associated with that. But it was just such a treat to connect with Kate. And we had a, a few a few occurrences where in, in just some some of the things that I, I had shared that ended up inspiring or just basically leading to like, I would say what is, is my favorite song of 2020. <laughs> Oh, that is amazing. What a lovely thing to say. Thank you. <laughs> oh, sure. We'll, we'll hear more about that. But but yeah, Kate, Kate is just the, has just been an awesome music force in Australia for, for quite some time. And I really enjoyed just researching a little bit more about your history because we there's a lot of parallels that we share <laughs> from open mics yeah. to songwriting challenges to just like community and gardens. <laughs> And it's just so um, amazing that you made that reference to Catch the Moon as well, because uh, in in the in connection with this community music link up, because you as one of a group of mentors, with, like the first person to jump on and just be available to this cohort of probably hundreds of strangers, which immediately sort of warmed me to you. But but then I did a little bit of Facebook stalking and discovered that you were the, the real community musician guy. And I thought, I want to know this person. <laughs> So there are people like me in this Amelia, which was very reassuring at the time because it did seem a bit daunting and very, and and to me some, something that I I call to myself and gets me into trouble. So I probably shouldn't say it. So here goes. <laughs> Seems so very American. There is such a cultural difference between how we express ourselves. And I know you're Canadian, so, you know, you're neatly shelved off to the side. But I I dare say that quite a few um, of your listeners are of that other persuasion. And uh, and I've made some wonderful friends since, and I've I've softened some of my original attitude (laughs) as well. I think I've learned to be a lot kinder in the last 18 months or so. And that's a great place to be in. Well, I think that's, yeah, that's a beautiful thing to come out of the last 18 months feeling like you've grown kindness <laughs> on the, another yeah, level. Yeah. Like, I think that's that was a really unique group to to be able to go through the event that the world is going through to be able to have our own, you know, that community that we were able to just share ideas, share music, just learn together and grow together. And a lot happened. So it was pretty impactful to go through that. It totally was. The timing of it was insanely good mm-hmm. um, on so many levels and, and everyone I've interacted with in that program has had some kind of well, almost cathartic experience out of it and I'm sure it was a conjunction of sort of the, 
the world-shattering event on the one side that we're all dealing with in many, many ways and, and sort of the personally um, shattering, reforming event, which was the exposure to this amazing online learning community, mm-hmm. the like of which none of us had experienced before, I think. And uh, it was just one of those amazing sort of random juxtapositions that come across your path every now and then in life and pretty special that's yeah 100 percent. so well, yeah. welcome <laughs> so great thank you <laughs> to have you we've been chatting about this for a little while so i'm i'm i was looking forward to this for quite some time so so and, and the the funny thing is is like i think when i originally put that message out and you said you hadn't really been writing for a while i think since then you've had you've had quite a lot of inspiration coming through yeah. it sounds like so it's uh i thought this would be really exciting to look at how that's kind of shown up in your life of like times where you haven't or maybe i don't know whether it's been a struggle to be creative or just whether to get the ball rolling and then other times where it just all of a sudden booms and goes and so so i'm just curious like what what your thoughts are on the whole condition that's often kind of toted as writer's block is that something that you kind of feel you connect is a thing that exists or is it something else i it's been a strange relationship over the over a lifetime i guess um i fell into songwriting in the sense that um I was immersed in music community and it just kind of naturally flowed from that and then uh, got very quickly involved with it. There, was a, there were three of us in particular, we were very close and we would be swapping ideas and doing songs, each individually writing, but always conferring with the others. And we were all on about a level of ability um, and we were all performing around the same circuits as well. So in that sense, it was such an organic process I never really experienced that sense of here is me, this blob over here, and there is over there that blob, which is songwriting, and somehow I've got to get over that great divide. It was so organic Mm. that literally I never approached it in that way for the very longest time. Um, And then what happened was... Oh yeah, well, fast forward. There's a lot of stuff, and I was very became exclusively involved then in the songwriting organisation, which did spread out actually to, I believe, international membership, and uh, the two founders of it, very dear friends of mine, actually got an Australian honour. You know, one of those gongs, as we call them over here. So gong. What is it? Medal of the Order of Australia wow. as an award for um, for for their services to music. Wow. So it was it was sort of, but I mean, this was just. I, I'm not saying that I was a, a factor in that, but I'm just saying that this was sort of the milieu that just happened organically, and um, and 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 so I had some success with my songwriting, and uh, and it, it continued it sort of acknowledgement for my musicianship and performance and so forth, and that all flowed as well. And then I. Um, became pregnant and became a single mum and that dominated everything and at the on the day when I realized I had five full-time jobs going on at the same time Hmm. one for money one for education so that I could earn better down the track and one being obviously the parenting um and there were a couple of others as well music uh seemed to be the expendable one the one that in my head was frivolous (laughs) So I made the mistake of dropping it mm. for the best possible reasons, mm-hmm. but um, but with with terrible ramifications. Which is, you know, if you if 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 you find out what you're for and the thing that fits you like a glove, you're a total nut job to drop it. Right, you've got to go there, or something else goes wrong. And uh, you know. I'm still sort of grappling with that. I don't know if that's sort of like a huge truth that will last me the rest of my life, but at some point I concluded that the music that I was missing um, was driven by an energy or a life force or whatever, creativity, which was the same juice that I was pouring into being a parent. So in that sense, 
I noticed that no longer was I writing songs, which had always happened as part of a flow rather than a project or a deliberate intent. Um, that flow was no longer pouring into the music bowl. Right. It, and, and, and I wondered where it had gone, but after a lot of thought, it struck me that perhaps it was poured into that, you know, it's another act of creativity, which is to try and be the best parent you possibly can. Anyway, oh. moving right along. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because I think that gets missed, or I should say it doesn't get acknowledged as much that the, the creativity of parenting or that the creativity, you know, the fact that it's the same thing, you know, like whether it be songwriting, whether it be art, I think with music, there's a large percent of the population that thinks if they're not a painter or a musician or songwriter or singer, that they're not creative or they don't have creative bones in their bodies or they can't be considered in any way that in that realm. And I, I've always looked at that differently. I was just like, especially when I see some parents and I, and I see any way that other people are with their jobs, it could be even with numbers. It can be how people are with people, like the, the creativity that comes through there is, is really special. And it's like, however, I love that the way that you, you put that of just, it's just kind of went this path and it's still active. It's still being exercised in a different, <laughs> in a different medium. Yeah. That's been a lot of my objective. I'm sorry, I'm digressing a bit here. But, um, over the years where I've identified as a community musician, I mean, my greatest love has been to sort of get a session going on the side of some main event, you know, and something that engages and involves people. And there are people who might be shy to even attempt something musical, but it's just wonderful if you can create an environment where they feel safe to do that. And I've tried to do that with the songwriting as well. When I was programming for Scala, the organisation I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. um, I, I drew people in who I knew had some seasoning as performers and I knew were writing, but were, everybody was so reticent about the stuff they wrote. Um, and, and I was responsible for forcing a number of people to do their first ever all original set. And um, I still take a bow for that. <laughs> hey, I'm, yeah, I'm rooting for you for sure. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So, that, you know, because because everybody has these, okay, we're back to the artistic, the so-called artistic sort of realm now, but, but everybody has this, as you just so much more succinctly say, that this sort of pond of, of, of creative potential that it pours out. Of course it does. It comes out through all of our cracks. Because life is just full of challenges, and that's where creativity is is sort of stimulated. I think. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I've I've lost my thread completely. I told you I would. Ah, that's all good. <laughs> threads just, threads are meant to be tied into another thread, so that's just the way it goes. <laughs> well, that is the way it goes. And you did say that you like the spontaneity and the meander, so um, <laughs> be careful what you wish for. <laughs> well, I'm, so how how long did you step away? from or did you like was there a chunk of time that you stepped away from music and creative like the songwriting aspect of that yeah how, how there was, was um literally i found that the songwriting was not flowing so there, there came a point of course where i couldn't be i was never totally separate from music i would still be going along and exposing myself to the circles where music just flowed spontaneously anyway but i wasn't writing and um but but Things flowing as they do, um, I got involved with um, some people who really wanted to support my music and um, came together to help me um, release my first CD. And that was nearly all original, my own original songs. So in some ways I felt like that was kind of a swan song, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, it was so much back catalogue and there was so much not going on in terms of new creativity. Obviously I had to think about that a lot. and. Um, um, and while I've never done music as therapy, at some point I realised that without it I was struggling sort of emotionally and psychologically and that that was actually the root, you know, realising that where your happiness had been mm -hmm. is when immersed in music. And so I started taking post-parenting once, once my son and I had respectively left home mm -hmm. Um, I, I took steps to 
re-immerse myself in music. And for me, um, because I had come into a situation where I was I was very isolated geographically. I was living in the country without uh, really any frequent connections there. So my only option if I wanted to get back into music would be to be a solo musician rather than in the sort of collaborations I'd been in before. Sure. So I thought, well, what would it take for me to feel okay about that? And I, long story short, took myself to uni, started doing some music subjects, auditioned for a, a performance course and all the rest of it. So tr- started developing my chops as a solo performer. And um, and um, I don't know, I, get, I guess Facebook gets to know <laughs> what you're into, right? And it puts the ads in front of you and one thing flowed to another and... In the music course, the uni course, I, I was prompted to write some songs, and that was the that was the germ of City Girl Gone Bush, which um, which is the collection, the small collection of songs that um, introduced us, yeah, more, more directly. And um, um, so, so yeah, it, it was a concerted effort to get myself back into music that broke the block partly and and then it was a topic where I, I i i set myself um a specific target which was to write a set number of songs in a set finite period and i found then and i have found since in the other courses that i've been doing is that setting myself that accountability to deadlines and to other people is in fact my best way of overcoming oh my god what am i going to write about you know or how is that going to sound so unfortunately i mean obviously to me this story is very interesting that was probably a very long-winded way of telling it but um but the answer to the block thing to me is that um it's not about the block so much as it's about the reason you have to write Mm -hmm. so um, for me, I've got to have a reason to write. Mm-hmm. And going off on another tangent altogether, um, a big piece of that is turning out to be um, becoming very interested in writing other people's stories. That seems to be a really powerful trigger, instigator, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a really nice segue because we were chatting about that back and forth just recently, because you'd mentioned something, or I had uh, early actually Lisa McGuire, who who was in the on the podcast recently, and was also yeah. in that course. We talked about that. We talked a lot about like writing for other people and what a what a powerful thing that could be. And and I loved that the, you sent me a message and and had a moment. And you're like three of the three of my like most impactful songs are the songs that seem to have really reached a lot of people or create a lot of stir we're all for other people and and so i'm kind of curious to hear a little bit more about what that has been like for you one was um <laughs> um while i was pregnant i was briefly homeless <laughs> that was quite an exciting story but i'm not going to go in that one um but but it meant that i had to that i stayed with a friend in a friend's house until i sort of got myself sorted out again mm. and uh, one night we were having a late night cuppa over the kitchen table and she started telling me a story that uh, a, a thing that had happened to her when she was living in an isolated country town as luck would have it not so very far away from where i ended up but that that's completely disconnected um so she told me this story or started telling me it um, as you do, you trade stories over a cuppa, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and and I stopped her. And I said, wait, get me a pencil and paper. Like it was, just, it was just one of those firecracker moments where you know this is a tale you want to take notes on. And I took notes um, and I wrote down some of her turns of phrase and sure enough, the whole story evolved into, into an awesome thing. <laughs> it became a song that I made called... The Ballad of Widow Jean, um, which was, <laughs> uh, which which has really sort of it, it it's still like twenty or more years later um, played around the traps and on the radio, it's sort of locally in South Australia. It, it just became a firm crowd favourite and still still does please people. And and I think that's because I just put my ego right out of the way 
and it became literally Jean's story um, on paper with a, a little twist and a bit of a sense of humour to it. And, um, and yeah, and so that one's still going strong. So that was the first experience I had that. It also won me a, a, a competition, <laughs> um, incidentally. Her name is Jean. Yeah. That was for Jean. What, what was her reaction to that song? Ever so um, sort of, you know, oh, yeah, that's nice, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> But really, it really struck a chord with a lot of people. So that's that's. <laughs> but it struck a chord with a lot of people, and and I'm sure that's, you know, it, it. People love other people's stories, and especially when when they turn out well, you know, after adversity. So it's one of those. It's, it's a very long kind of storytelling song. So there was that one. There was one that was a great hit with my mother, that I wrote, um, um, having witnessed the birth of my sister's child. Um, uh, so, I mean, so these are ones that actually have personal meaning for me, I suppose. But, sure. And, and, and Trap the Water, Track the Sun mm -hmm. is a, a very recent one where your, your, the exercise you set that sort of triggered it. So I had, a, I had the phrase in my head, Trap the Water, Track the Sun. I knew I wanted to write a song about permaculture. Um, but it it had stopped. It, it was it was it, it had paused there. Let's put it that way. Um, so I just had that phrase in my head, and then you said the thing about um, you you had been talking about how challenging these times were, and that you felt people needed a lot of cheering up. So you set the challenge of of going to our community and asking um, what would they love to hear about in a song. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I put that out to my community, my social media community at large, um, but the people who answered were permaculture people. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they, they each gave me a, a little, a little, um, a little, um, I can't remember the word, um, but, you know, a little, a little vi a vignette, say, of, of, you know, it was a visual or a, a sensation or something that had to do with the natural world and, and when you grow things in the natural world and the, the peace and the joy that comes from that. So I wove those into this song and and and, and I wove into that my experience with garden growing up, so as a, as a sort of small child and then as an older child where I, I was my mother's garden buddy, gardening buddy, mm. So there's a lot of love woven into that. And then finally, as a, as a mature woman, sort of wondering about my future, but it's about the outdoor world, the natural world, and the way in which we're a part of it and how it comes through us. But to me, that was all about community because permaculture is anyway. And it was so beautiful that while I had this song hovering in my mind, all of these sort of strands came together to say it's time for this song to be made. And ever since then, it's been one that people have asked me to do. It's, it hasn't been in the world very long, but it's one of those that immediately grips people and they, they come and want to talk to you a bit about it afterwards and things like that. So, Oh, my gosh. And, and, yeah. and that people want to play with me on and stuff. It's just beautiful. Just beautiful. Yeah. I highly, highly recommend going and listen to that song. I'll make sure to put a link in there that people can go visit that because it's just so it's just gorgeous musically and melodically and all the things. But yeah, the story that goes through that, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do any spoilers, but the story that goes through it <laughs> is such a heartwarming thing that you feel like you're there, like you feel like you're just in in the garden or sitting out on the steps and just like in this and watching this and yeah, it's a, it's super emotional in a surprising way that I every time I listen to it, it's just like, that's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really gorgeous, like, and then the stages of life that you talk about, too. You just nailed it so, so, so well. Uh, just the magic, the everyday magic in life and, and how much is going on in a garden and, and just the interactions between people and the environment. And it's actually pretty neat timing oh. to kind of think about that again. I had uh, this week. Just actually 
within the next week, I'm going to release a song that you'll, you'll, I think you'll get a kick out of. It's all about nature and, and the environment. And there's an organization oh, I've love to hear it. playing with, uh, they're called the artists for conservation and they're based ah. in Vancouver. It's a global, global organization that is a collection of a lot of painters, sculptors, musicians, all sorts of people that, that in some way create or inspired by and bring attention to things going on, uh, either cer certain endangered species or just unique species or spaces and whatnot. So yeah, I've had been, it's been a treat to be playing. I often perform at this festival every year that's based in- Oh, Vancouver. that sounds wonderful. And it's happening. Make sure you put that link in the comments as well, please, because yeah. I want to chase that one up. Yeah, no, sure. I think yeah, just hearing, yeah, it'd be awesome for you to connect with them because they, yeah, I know that there's artists from Australia that come over and, and come and showcase their stuff and- and they come up from all over the world. So anyway, it's just like I, my mind has been in it. So it's just even more exciting to to hear about that song again. So it means it's going to be on repeat for me for the next few weeks, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Um, it, it really underlines for me getting back somewhat to the, the songwriting thing itself is that it, there's something that magical that happens if you're able to park your ego at the door it doesn't become about the objective of producing a song anymore. It becomes about the objective of sinking really deep. It, it, it is personal in the sense that you're sinking really deeply into yourself, but to the place where your conscious mind isn't really intervening too much. You're, you're, you're kind of trying to immerse in a sensory place rather than a, a rationalised place. I don't know if this is how everyone else does it, but... That's when I know that this is the moment to, to grab, this is the moment to write something down. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's almost pre-conscious. It's obviously not lizard and it's carefully crafted afterwards and all the rest of it, but, um, but, but this is why I've never really come to grips with people who say, I want to be a star. Now let's decide what fields to do it in. You know, it's kind of, <laughs> it's <laughs> so cart before a horse because to me it's all about finding that place of immersion that is where the common, it might be humanity, but it might be even deeper than that, where the, where the life force is mm. and kind of connecting with that and then using irrational faculties to to translate that into communicable language that possibly makes it possible for the other person to then go somewhat into that same well. Mm -hmm. Is that getting a little bit too metaphysical? Hey, that's too <laughs> garbled. Cool. I always, I always enjoy that kind of stuff. So, you know, it makes me think of, uh, are you familiar with Victor Wooten? No. He's a phenomenal musician in the US. He's written a couple of books. There's one called The Music Lesson. Uh, one more recently came out, it's called The Spirit of Music. And there are these stories that he wrote that really look at music in, in a very different way. And he's told them in in more of like a, a fictional story portraying these concepts about like music, but not not the, the, the ways that you normally kind of hear about music. He talks a lot more about listening and tone and phrasing and, and just these different, the emotions and, and all these other things that go into into music and and but more on like a spiritual level. And, okay. And there's this one one line in this book that always comes back to me. And what what you said about that makes me think of this a little bit differently. And I think it's the point where you said you park your ego at the door. Um, something else happens. You know, it's like when you kind of let yourself see or sense that there's a there's a bigger thing at play. There's a bigger story. There's mm. a bigger something. Mm. And like what the way it comes up in that book. As he talks about these three three different levels of of the way things happen. So it's like, say if, if you really want to do something for yourself, then all all of the things that exist within you kind of conspire is not the right word, but kind of like activate in a way to like move towards that thing that you want to do. So on the next level, he's talking about music. You know, it's like, but if if you seek to do something for music then all of all of the forces that exist within music work together to to help whatever it is that you're doing. So it's just like goes something bigger and beyond you that sets things in motion for the purpose of something else. And then the last one gets into like, if you do something 
or you want to do something that benefits all life, then you get all the mojo of life <laughs> working with you in in agreement to to make these things happen in it. And I've I've noticed this in my songwriting particularly when I've written something just for me or something that I've been able to kind of see it's for someone else or a, a bigger thing about community or just a way of looking at life mm -hmm. that just really different stuff happens <laughs> with those songs and not not just about what happens as a result of those songs being put out into the world it's just the process or the people that start showing up in your life or the the things that you get involved with or get invited into or to, that just seem to show up when you put your headspace in a different focus mm. is noticeable like it's it's quite distinct the bigger reaching you think and i guess that's by bigger i mean further away from yourself and or your ego self in that way that the more magical things tend to happen that you could never believe would be possible yeah it's it's and it takes us around full circle i think i mean it's so true what you say and and obviously that's another link you're gonna have to put in the chat yeah. um um but that, that, in a sense, though, it, it all comes back in a circle, doesn't it, to if you find out what you're for, it actually satisfies your ego as well. Like, you know, there isn't a piece of the picture that is left out or stranded or separated off. You find out what you're for and you put that into the world. The world says, thank you, we needed that, you know. And, yep. yeah, I think that says it. That's a good way to put it. And, find out what you're for. <laughs> well, I mean, I made a quest of that. I was, I was in this rather difficult place for ten years, and in the end, I thought the only possible way to figure out who to be and how to be now is to go back to first principles. So I looked at, I went right back to the first thing I knew about myself, which was when I. The, the family apocryphal story about the time I crawled under the fence and let myself into the house next door and started playing the piano while the um, the person who knew she was alone in the house was sleeping upstairs, but not for long. <laughs> <laughs> Scared the living day out of her, apparently. But um, to me, that, that sort of, that was a little, that was a clue about if all of the overlays hadn't happened and gotten in the way, I, I should have been pursuing music all along. And the signals have been there, which also ties in with what you said earlier. You know, um, the signs are there. It's there waiting for you to connect with. And, um, and, and if you're really good, sometimes you pick up on some of those, but uh, most of us, let a few go and we perhaps realize afterwards many years later that those might have been sort of um, fork moments in that path but um but well i think it's kind of neat though, too, as you, you think about it often too as you know it's like a fork goes off into these other paths and that they they never seem to kind of come back again but you know it, what sounds like is is it did you know so i guess what was perceived to be a fork might have been a spoon <laughs> <laughs> oh, very neat. I think that's your next song, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that can coincide with the fourth matrix or something like that coming up. <laughs> but you know, like that, I think that's that's really neat. I, I love I love just chatting with people who have who've taken a you know a movement away from writing or move from that kind of form of creativity for a while to come back to it. And I think to come back to that is a really special thing because there's lots who don't, you know, there's lots who just say, oh, that was that time and that was this thing and that's it's not for me anymore. But I think there it's it's really beautiful to see it. And that's what I, a major focus of this whole podcast is for, is really just sharing these kinds of stories that show, you know, like that it's a lifelong language, you know, music. It's not just for a period of time. And this is the, I think, most universal language we have and and that it's just to be uh, to me i just always want to encourage it staying that way that it's not something to just think it's a totally period agree. of one part of your life that's so lovely that you're doing this series it really is um and and i identify with so much of what you say and my picture in my brain as you were saying that last piece was of breakers on the beach 
you know, the surfer. The surfer. Mm. I, I thought, oh, well, that I've missed my wave, I thought, for many years, right? There were times when people wanted to sign me and things and I just wasn't ready and I said no. And I thought I'd missed out. Mm. Then a second wave came. <laughs> and then I didn't ride that because I got, you know, personally shattered. I've just been watching the 9-11 replays the last few days and um, remembered that my, my first CD launch was scheduled for within eight days of that it was eight days afterwards and I tried to cancel I was talked out of it but I did then nothing to move on because it just seemed so trivial to me mm. again the head in the completely wrong place second wave been and gone missed it I'm on my third wave now I now believe that they are just infinite they will keep coming so <laughs> I think we agree on that so what is it what does it feel like to be on the third wave Oh, I'm just full of excitement for what's ahead, really. Um, things are starting to sort of ripple back now and, you know, the little reinforcement, little reinforcements come along, reinforces um, where you it kind of feeds in, like a standing wave, you know, it feeds in and amplifies and gets broader and before you know it, um, you're immersed again. It's wonderful. I love it. Can you actually? That's a tortured metaphor, and I think I just blew it. But no, <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, you said something that's a pretty neat visual that I only just recently learned what it, what about it was. And actually, a, a woman who uh, her name's Emily, who is in the last round of the Right Songs You Love program, I have. She's she's living on a boat now and sailing and kind of doing that on her own. And this is a big Ooh. big life change, and it's just been really cool. A lot of the songs that she's written have been about this and so she actually talked about a standing wave and I'd never heard about what that actually was before I didn't realize ah. what that was so could you explain that a little bit because I think it's such a neat concept of what happens in again another nature nature moment well I'm not a I'm not an engineer um, but it's kind of like a feed it's like it's, it's like a feedback loop I think it's a similar kind of thing where where something starts off small and it kind of bounces around a bit and then it comes back to the point of origin and then it sort of amplifies a little bit more and and then builds and builds and builds and I can't do better than that but there's a wonderful graphic somewhere about a, a, a bridge a suspension bridge like a, a walkway bridge that where it happens and it starts off with a little wobble and then it gets to be a bigger wobble probably you know naughty boys jumping on it on purpose to make this happen yep. and, and it ends up sort of like 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 your worst earthquake nightmare so so that's, that's a thing well that's that's interesting because like that's you're right you're reminding me of like the acoustic thing of a standing wave of a being in a room and having these frequencies that just kind of cancel things out but um there's also the, the thing that i learned about from emily was that it's it's kind of a moment where the motion of the tide in the ocean and and the opposing wind meet forces and oh. you're saying like it's also this thing that gets bit like so literally there'll be a physical giant standing wave just kind of sitting there and you have to be very cognizant of that as a sailor because it could be a bit treacherous to, <laughs> to encounter that in that moment so i had never heard of that before so yeah all the different ways that standing waves just seem to show up <laughs> <laughs> and and the water metaphor i mean there was one of your recent podcasts that i was really taken with where um someone said you can't explore the ocean till you let go of the shore and i thought there's so much truth in that mm. so much truth in that um, and, and another that really stood out to me was when, um, I think, was it Sierra? Yeah. Oh, she's going who was talking that, yeah. about, who was talking about um, that the pause time is a natural part of growth. Like, shouldn't actually see it as a, as a deficit. It's, it's contributing to the creative whole. And um, going full circle again, to me, that was so, um, so, so sort of, um, eloquent in terms of the permaculture philosophy, which is really supposed to be 70% observing. Sit, be still, have a look, listen, become aware of your environment, and then become aware of the mechanics that are working in your particular place, or even just next to that bit of fence. It's going to be different from what's happening in the middle of the grass over here. or You know, so mm. you can't create until you're aware of the environment, the specific environment um, 
that has its own sort of dynamic roles. And then you can look at which elements of, you know, the plant world, say, or the animal world, fit with the particular uh, characteristics of that. And also look at the edges between different environments and, um, and recognise the special fertility. So I think that could extend to, you know, the edge between creating and not creating. You know, there's a special fertility at that edge yeah. that pushes us to grow. Totally. Maybe, very, very well maybe. said. Huh. Well, I, that makes me think, because I, I saw I was reading on your your page there, just really fun to to read kind of like the process of how how music has come come through your life. And there was one spot that I saw you you started running songwriting challenges yourself. And, and I just was kind of laughing because like there's so many things because like this Tuesday music, Tuesday night music night that you used to do, like that's something I I was a part of that kind of thing. It was also on a Tuesday night for eight. Was it? Eight, yeah, I know. I was just, what's going on? And then, yeah, you saw that you're doing these, like you'd done these six week songwriting challenges and some of these really fun things that came out of that. And so I'm, I was curious to hear what have been some, some of your favorite songwriting challenges or topics that you've written too. Ooh. Gosh, that's going back a very long way. Some titles that stand out, but I could not replicate the songs to save my life now. Um, Were they always title-based? Yellow Moon. Yep. Yellow Moon. So people would write a, an idea for a song on a slip of paper. It would get thrown into the middle, and then one could get, would get picked out, and everybody had to write on that topic. Nice for the next week. So, so the, the following week, then we'd have six or eight or nine yellow moon songs, for example, yep. or um, one that made me laugh particularly was Holy Relics, because uh, two, <laughs> two of the women in the circle who, as it happens, had both had a relationship sequentially, not at the same time, with the same man also in the group, <laughs> who, who, kind of, who kind of shrank into his chair as the awful meaning of this sank in the, the following week. Um, so we, we both had written songs that we thought were very arch and, you know, original about holy relics that we had of our relationship with him. And... Um, <laughs> I think I probably have more contact with her now than I do with him, but, you know. <laughs> um, you got to be careful yeah. when you're in a relationship with a songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we used to recycle a lot of things, you know, songs, relationships. <laughs> oh, That's too funny. <laughs> yeah, so those are the standouts for me. The Yellow Moon, I did a kind of werewolf howling song, but I think it's best forgotten. <laughs> oh, yes, and one more. <laughs> and one more um, was, um, um, it was about trying to get a baby to sleep, which actually I, I might have to resurrect, and I can't even remember what the topic was for that one. Oh, yes, counting sheep. And I thought, oh, who was the deadbeat who put that in? What on earth are we going to write about there? And, um, yeah. So I came up with something about putting a baby to sleep that got a bit of traction for, you know, for a few months there. So. <laughs> I guess it's funny too, the the aspect of how we create things and, and it can be a surprise. You know, sometimes we think the, the songs that we think are going to be the ones that everyone's going to love may not be the case. And the ones that you just kind of write, you know, about counting sheep. <laughs> end up yeah, really, really connecting to people and sometimes it can be a big question mark I'm just like what <laughs> How well maybe that's what we were talking about earlier you know that the less you think about something the more the, the more you don't get in its way exactly. you know you know counting sheep was something I, I can actually remember I was sitting at a desk in the kitchen thinking oh my god we've got this thing tomorrow and I haven't got a song yet and and there and there it was and, and because I had no time I just sort of scribbled it down and made it and that was it and it worked. Yep. Yeah. I call those the giddy up moments. Do they? <laughs> Tell me more. What does that mean? Oh, just the the whole like you know like giddy up that there's there's a certain kind of moment in which 
we spring into action. It's usually the last moment. <laughs> yes, the last moment. <laughs> this is so shit. <laughs> Deadlines of a girl's best friend. Definitely. Yeah. Actually, it's been fun to, over the last 10 years, I've been running different songwriting workshops and it always is a similar thing. So everyone has a week to come to, to finish a song and present it on the next, uh, on the next week. And oh, how are they going? Great. It's been, I'd say one of the greatest joys of my life. It's been something I'm <laughs> so glad to have kept going for this amount of time. And it's just kept evolving. Yeah. And actually it's why this, this podcast, why we're talking right now exists is because of those. How many hundreds of songs have you spawned, Michael? <laughs> it's amazing. Well, I can, I know as a minimum, I know I've been in conversations. And so this is the cool thing. As you know, it sounds similar like what you were doing is, you know, you have this challenge and you come back and you share the stories and give feedback to each other and receive feedback and so on and so forth. And I know I've been in those kinds of conversations with over a thousand songs. It's probably actually more than more than 1500 songs since 2011 at least that i've wow been in talks with. so yeah so that's that's been just a great thing about this and like you're saying when you when we first started talking you talked about these people that you used to write with and this is like it's not like songwriting is a separate thing it's just this is just what we do this is just how this is coming through and when you're around yeah. people that are like that too you don't it just encourages it to come even more and more and more so the standing wave. Yeah. <laughs> the standing spoon. Maybe maybe we can <laughs> standing fork. No. <laughs> Lost it again. Uh I've actually probably gathered uh, sort of off offline. One of my hobbies is torturing metaphors, but sometimes it gets a little bit out of hand. Torturing metaphor. That's a great one. So you're gonna throw a challenge at me to finish with Michael? Haha. <laughs> well, hmm. Were you, oh, you know what, I this this is kind of an obscure one, but it, this might be something that you enjoy. Um, and I, I can't remember if you've, you might have heard this one before, but I haven't, I haven't thought about this one or given this one out for a while, but and this goes for anyone listening. It's just a really, really cool exercise that has a lot more, more to it than, than you think it might from, from hearing it from the beginning. So it kind of evolved from something actually that I heard, I remember listening to Kathy Heller on one of her podcasts uh, yeah. share. And this had to do, what was it? What was she? she was talking about social media. I think just helping people have get some ideas for how to post, what, how to find content for yourself so you could post things that were meaningful to you. And so I did that exercise and I just thought, oh, this is really cool. And I thought maybe this this actually would be pretty neat as a songwriting context. And so I've I've thrown it out to groups a few times and it's kind of evolved. <laughs> Are you a Harry Potter fan at all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I grew up alongside my son with Harry Potter. Oh. Absolutely. Okay. And the Matrix. Harry Potter and the Matrix. They're kind oh. of in the same pocket, right? Yeah. So, yeah. If Neo and Harry are having lunch together. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but the, so the exercise, I just, I love watching those movies and those stories. And one of the ones that always, I thought was one of the coolest things and in those movies is Hermione and her her handbag that she has that is like this endless space, you know, like <laughs> literally you can jump into and it's like this massive house or or whatnot. I think I remember one of the movies there that's like their big giant glamping tent in a way where they it's just like her little bag. <laughs> I'm I'm due for a rewatch, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's got this bag basically that has seemingly infinite space and you can throw anything in it and like of any size. So there's no restrictions on that. And I, I love that. And so anyways, long story short, I, I call this challenge now Hermione's handbag challenge. <laughs> the way it goes, it's kind of like a combination time capsule slash, well, more thinking of it that way. So if you had a bag like that, if you had a bag that you could put anything you wanted into it, that literally no, no size restriction whatsoever, oh. that... Say, for example, however many years down the road when when we're all dead and gone, you know, and like maybe these bags still exist, people can can look at these bags and get a sense of of who we all were. If okay. if you had a bag and you could you could put in 
six items. Six, right? I'm taking notes here. You've yeah, got yeah. To be gathered. So six items, yeah. Six, six items, and they can really be yeah. anything you want that really represent you as a person. Wow. Ooh, yeah. What would those six items be? like the inverse i don't know if you've ever read a book called zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance mm. it was very big in its day but it's like the inverse of that do you remember the 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 english teacher's challenge when um a girl in the group was blocked about how to write about say the house so it, it, it instead of expanding the topic he, he set a, an ever smaller task <laughs> so that it ended up with, well, write about this orange that's in the house. Sure. Um, and she still couldn't. So he said, just write about the speck on the skin of the orange. And <laughs> suddenly her floodgates opened. So you're doing like just the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I'm very used to going into that little sort of, ever ever finer tuned sort of target spot so well this okay you can do that this is this is basically if you you know six six fine-tuned things that if i if i down however many years down the road found your bag and i found these items and 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 it, that's all these items would tell me a story about you then what what would those Ooh. items be yeah and you could do it with a real handbag too that could be interesting totally could be yeah I'm not trying to hijack your uh, <laughs> not trying to hijack your challenge there at all. Um, but but it's already triggering me, see, into all sorts of Okay. So just out of curiosity, directions. what what's popping up already? Like if there's any even just like one or two things that are coming up. Uh, literally the contents for handbag. I mean, you know. <laughs> so so this is this is one of these things. That's it. Guitar. Oh yeah, yeah. Swizzle, uh, yeah. swizzle tuner thing. You know the thing that so you don't have to break your wrist every time you want to tune you up six yep. strings. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that little bit of hand cream because every girl needs a hand cream. <laughs> Especially now we're using sanitizer all the time. Sure. Um. Yeah. Look, I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It just gets weirder after that. But that, um, that's the beauty of it. Actually, it's great when it gets unusual because if that you know like this is where it, it's really a lot of fun because it's a funny question to sit with to think oh what communicates what if i was to put bits of myself into these physical items what communicates me you know or like kind of an essence of me well it is and especially because we have no idea what would communicate essence of me to somebody else mm. like it would be so interesting wouldn't it to um have to sort of partner up and and do one version of that where you're telling your story about what those six things of any dimension or size might be sure. and then that you do the same imagining what it would be for that other person yeah and sort of switch switcheroo because each of you is going to perceive the other person differently from how they perceive themselves yeah. wouldn't that be an interesting mirror exercise well this is what i mean so that this is like there's so many ways that this thing can go and like even just the way that you were talking about, like I think of again of your water of your song, "Trap the Water, Track the Sun," of like the importance of permaculture in the garden. Like you could put a whole garden in this bag, you know. Like that's totally, <laughs> totally doable. But um, the, so the next the next part of this, so that I definitely for yourself and and for anyone listening who wants to try this, I know there's people listening that have done this with me before, uh, but to just write a list like that write a list of just number it one to six and and write out these thing have a think on it write these items out and how this can be really great for a songwriting exercise is then you just choose one of those like you're saying going to the speck of the orange is you just you choose one of those things so say for example if it actually like you're saying has to do with hand cream <laughs> <laughs> And to actually like think about hand cream and write it, write a song somehow related to like why why hand cream. That is so prosaic, and and I bet it's not been done actually. So 
<laughs> is it even possible to write a song about something like that? Sure. Yeah. Of course it is. I'm speaking ironically. <laughs> it's possible to write a song about anything. And even if I had doubted that before meeting you, Michael, there would remain no doubt whatsoever. <laughs> You may have cornered the market on that one, but maybe you left a little bit of room over there. <laughs> There's always room in Hermione's end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> but yeah, well, it goes to show again, like one of the songs that I, I wrote as a total joke that was is something very personal to me and something that's always been comical to me is that I wear mismatched socks. And yeah. <laughs> uh, like for the last 20 years, it's been that way. So I ended up writing, writing a tune about that and s doing it a certain way because of where I regionally was. I was on the eastern coast of Canada, which Newfoundland yeah. has, a, has a huge Irish, you know, uh, Celtic kind of influence. And there's a lot of like sea shanty kind of style songs. And yeah, I ended up writing this a song about mismatched socks because it was silly and goofy and and I wanted to do it in that <laughs> style because I knew they'd appreciate it because they always have great senses of humor there too. So, so I just started <laughs> singing this song for them when I was performing on the boat that goes between Newfoundland, the island and the mainland. Oh, nice. And I literally was playing gigs for five hours, five hour stints, long ones for a week or two at a time. And I'd basically wow. play like my entire catalog of, of original <laughs> music and others covers and stuff too but people would always come up at, the, at that one particular week when I wrote it and they'd be like out of all these CDs you have which one is the sock song on <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, my mouth would just drop and I'm like are you kidding me I, of all I've, I've heard everything? the song I get, uh, I get it I get it I get it anyway you know that's <laughs> one of those moments where I definitely mismatched socks would be in in my bag <laughs> yeah i love that song it was so so cute and that's yeah <laughs> um yeah you'd probably appreciate yellow moon yep. but i'm not going to do it on you <laughs> <laughs> it's about an alien invasion of course but um, perfect well oh well that's awesome. I love your sock song it's good so where so yeah just coming coming to the end here like what um where where best for people can find you now? This is the bit I'm no good at. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I have I have a couple of websites under my name. One is uh, the current one that's got almost no information on it, but it's very um, focused on now. Sure. And uh, the old one is well, it has a sort of pocket history until I take it down because it reveals how old I am. <laughs> like you know. <laughs> Um, so I mean, I, I think there'll be a there'll be a republished version, but that tells all the all the steps without really specifying years. <laughs> oh no, we all have our little conceits, and that happens to be mine. I I don't age, you see. That's true. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that comes that comes with the creativity, you know, coming full full circle through a fork into a spoon. So. <laughs> It's nice to think so, isn't it? I mean, utensils unite. We'll, we'll take over the world eventually. The utensils of the universe. <laughs> yep, utensils, solidarity. Amazing. All I'll, right, Michael. I'll definitely, there's lots of links, links to include for all this fun stuff we've been sharing. I really appreciate you coming yeah. and sharing the time and telling your stories. And Oh, I just feel so happy that you invited me to. I I hope that you edit this prudently, <laughs> get the waffle out of the way. Um, but it's been so nice uh, talking and sharing hilarity and uh, sincerity with you. Right on. Yeah. We'll definitely have to have you have you back down the road for sure to hear how things are things are growing and and uh oh particularly because i i want to hear the song about hand cream now yeah okay but you're gonna have to put a deadline on it remember hmm, how long do you need no 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 that's <laughs> not how they work <laughs> all right well i i can I give you a no time discipline i can give you a time or you can choose a time no you do it all right how is October 1st? Perfect. <laughs> Two weeks.
awesome. <laughs> anyone else? Anyone else that wants to take up that challenge, feel free. Uh, said I've got the the Facebook group online now. That's the uh, Right Songs You Love Facebook community. If you go check that out and join there, then that that's a, a spot that I've made for these kinds of things. Or if you want to take a challenge and just have a reason to finish something and a place to put it, then that's a that's a great spot. So if you want to take on the the Hermione handbag challenge and or maybe, you know, hand cream might be in your bag as well. So maybe you can join uh, Kate on, on that one. Uh, That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Michael. It's been really fun. Fantastic. Really fun. Right on. Thanks for hanging out with us for episode two of four of the Blockbuster series. Kate gave us so many cool things to think about. And that was just a ton of fun. So go listen to her song, Trap the Water, Track the Sun. It'll melt your heart and give that songwriting challenge a go. I'd love to hear it. And if you do, go check it in the Facebook group by October 1st. Otherwise, I'll catch you next time.